Welcome, everybody, yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If y'all are enjoying your day, sweet. If not, what the hell ever. Now, last time I covered Chris Jericho's entire time from 1999 to 2005 in WWE, and today we got part two of three covering his time from his 2007 return up until he departed in 2010. And there ends up being a lot more to cover than I expected in this short period of time, but let's get right into it. Now, Following the Benoit family tragedy, Chris Jericho would appear on Larry King Live to discuss the whole tragedy, and Larry King actually asked him during the broadcast, are you considering a return to WWE? And Jericho revealed that there were still talks with Vince trying to finalize paperwork and everything, so wheels were getting emotion that Jericho was having an itch to come back to the company. Now, after this, as 2007 started to draw to a close, vignettes started to air with cryptic messages about breaking a code and save us and all that, and everything would finally come to a conclusion the night after Survivor Series. Throughout the entire Raw broadcast, a marathon runner would be running with a torch all the way to the arena as a symbol of passing the torch to the WWE Champion Randy Orton after he defeated Triple H at No Mercy and then Shawn Michaels at the last couple pay-per-views prior to that. However, the runner would end up getting attacked by the returning Chris Jericho, who the cryptic vignettes were alluding to with the eventual message appearing on the Tintron saying, Save us Y2J. So Jericho was back, had his little fancy sparkly vest, kind of reminiscent to his entrance gear that he had when he debuted eight years prior, but not fully the same. So now the following week on Raw, Jericho declared that he wanted a shot at Randy Orton's WWE Championship coming up in Armageddon. And he had the whole me want title match message that he had appearing on the Titantron. Then before he could, he said he was going to wait in the ring until Orton finally came out, gave him a response. And then out came Santino. We had a bit of a verbal comedic sparring with Dane Santino, Santana, Sandusky, and all that shit. Just to piss off Santino that you're not getting my name right, you son of a gun. You know, all that shit. So Jericho would then have an impromptu match with Santino and would defeat him with his debuting Codebreaker, the seemingly face buster, and later on would also cost Randy Orton his match against Ric Flair, with this whole being the beginning of the Flair career-threatening storyline for his career and everything like that. So this would be a big catalyst to bring up the title match coming up in Armageddon between Chris Jericho and Randy Orton. Both men would face off one-on-one at the pay-per-view, and during the encounter, Jericho would get launched into JBL, who was still at the Cutler commentary station, on the announce table for SmackDown, and after getting shoved by Jericho upon trying to return to the ring, JBL would get his retaliation by booting Jericho in the head while the walls of Jericho were locked in on Randy Orton, causing the match to end via disqualification. Now, in storyline, this attack would end up rejuvenating JBL to ret- return to his in-ring career, step away from the commentary team, and this would begin a feud leading to between both men in the Royal Rumble, and during the build, JBL would end up injuring Chris Jericho's throat when he wrapped a cable around his neck and started dragging him around like his own little bitch. So these two would finally have the one-on-one match at the Royal Rumble. Match would end via disqualification when Jericho, who was busted open during the match, used a steel chair on JBL and would tie a cable around JBL's neck post-match out of revenge. And that would kind of make this feud a little bit short-lived. Jericho would also compete in the Elimination Chamber match in No Way Out the following month for a shot at the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, but we would be unsuccessful by the winner, Triple H. Jericho would also, out of nowhere, on the March 10, 2008 edition of Raw, would win the Intercontinental Championship for the eighth time to extending his record a little bit further, and would also participate in the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania, but would fail to win the briefcase yet again. After WrestleMania, Jericho would get inserted into the feud between Shawn Michaels and Batista, which had been sparked by Shawn Michaels retiring Ric Flair at WrestleMania, well, at least on the WWE retirement side. 
Jericho would end up being consigned to the, as a special guest referee for the encounter during the match, match that Shawn Michaels would win. However, during the encounter, Shawn Michaels seemingly injured his left leg upon escaping a Batista bomb and landing on his feet, but we later found out it was a feigned injury, but I'll get to that in just a bit. Jericho would then, after a while, would start to constantly get on Shawn's case, saying that, oh, you're faking your injury, it's bullshit, what an act, but Shawn would keep trying to claim that his injury was real. And both men would also have a match one-on-one at Judgment Day, which saw Shawn Michaels emerge victorious. And we even saw a, a little bit later during the structure match when I stand between Shawn Michaels and Batista, Jericho trying to get involved, helping Shawn and everything, but it was to no avail. Batista would still win regardless. Now, this, I kind of skipped the injury fainting thing because it's going to be the catalyst for this part. Just prior to Judgment Day, Chris was so convinced that Sean's injury was real that he called him out trying to say, I apologize for doubting you and everything like that. But that's when Sean, the Raw before Judgment Day, revealed that his injury was fake. He was going to do whatever it takes to win and proved he wasn't actually hurt. Hit switching music on Jericho and he's like, told him, believe me when I tell you, I'm not hurt. And he escaped out of the ring. And despite Jericho proving Shawn Michaels was lying and Shawn Michaels being proven to be a liar and faking his injury the whole time, the crowd still cheered Shawn and booed Jericho for trying to expose the lies that Shawn Michaels was perpetuating. And everything finally came to a big boiling point on the highlight reel on the June 9, 2008 edition of Raw. Jericho brought out Shawn Michaels and confronted him, and he got so pissed off about Shawn being a liar and still being loved by the fans regardless that he attacked Shawn and ended up throwing him face first into the Jeritron 6000 after hitting with low blow first, turning Chris Jericho heel in the process. And then afterwards, Jericho would lose the Intercontinental Championship this, this the exact same month in Iowa Champions to Kofi Kingston. And he started to change his little moniker on there, saying, save us Y2J, to saying, save me Y2J. Because now, he wasn't worried about saving the WWE and the fans. He's more about saving himself from the fans. I mean, it's a little bit more interesting, but meh. And also during the same month, Chris Jericho would take Lance Cade under his wing as kind of a protege during his feud with Shawn Michaels, with Lance Cade actually having been trained by Shawn Michaels as he broke into the business right at the beginning of his career. And Cade's whole motivation was that he wasn't going to align with Shawn and let Shawn eventually turn on him like he did with so many other people. Chris would also start to change his appearance. He would cut promos in a suit, eventually start coming up with shorter tights as the year started to go along, and... The part that actually annoyed me with this character was that his promos just became repetitive because every week he would keep addressing the fans as hypocrites and tapeworms and liars, etc., etc. I remember before I was even checking the dirt sheet websites or even making videos that I was getting annoyed by this character. I was like, can somebody turn a babyface so he can come up with new material? Because every week it was just the same promo that he's cutting on the fans. Tapeworms, hypocrites, liars, parasite, over and over. I mean, that guy... That got pretty old. Now, after the eye injury that happened to Shawn Michaels, we'll get back in course here, these two would have a one-on-one -on -one match at the Great American Bash, the final pay-per-view under the TV-14 rating, and Jericho would win the match via referee stoppage after he accidentally back-elbowed Shawn in the eye, busted him open big time, which was a blade job that Shawn had to convince Vince to allow him to do for the match, and he bled so much the referee's like, okay, no more, enough. So Jericho would get the victory here. Till then, you continue the storyline, Shawn Michaels would reveal that at SummerSlam, he would come up with an announcement, courtesy of his doctors, about where his career was going. And at the pay-per-view with his wife, Rebecca, formerly Nitro Girl Whisper, announced that he had to retire due to the seriousness of his eye injury after consulting with his family. Jericho wasn't happy. He came out and wanted to 
Sean to admit that Chris Jericho is the reason why his in career is over. Tell your family that. Sit your kids down about this. But Sean was like, all right, but you're going to have to tell your family that you're never going to be, their daddy's never going to be the next Shawn Michaels. And as Shawn was trying to leave the ring, Jericho was ready to punch Shawn in the face, but Shawn ducked and uh, Rebecca ended up taking a legit punch right to the jaw by Jericho, which brought up some real life heat there. But thankfully, Rebecca kind of eased it off. It's like, oh, is that all you got, Chris? So she played as a nice sport to all of it. Now, due to the events of SummerSlam, that's when Shawn Michaels decided in storyline, he ain't retiring. It's time to go get revenge an eye for an eye, which would lead to the match in Unforgiven between Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels being an unsanctioned match. Anything goes, no matter what. And both men beat the fucking shit out of each other in this encounter. And at the end, Shawn Michaels would emerge victorious after a referee stoppage on his behalf because Jericho was rendered defenseless after Shawn had his belt wrapped around his right hand and just kept laying right hands into Jericho's face. So referee's like, Jericho can't continue anymore. Shawn wins. And Shawn was just feeling psychotic at that point and ended up hitting sweet chin music on the referee afterwards. So yes, Shawn finally got revenge on Jericho, but Jericho would get the last laugh because we got to remember one thing that happened on this evening, the debut of the championship scramble concept. So for the World Heavyweight Championship, CM Punk was supposed to have defended his world title in the main event of that evening, but he got taken out backstage during the event after getting punted in the head by Randy Orton, so... Punk could not compete in the match, and his spot was left vacant. And Jericho would end up taking Punk's spot as the final addition to the match, and he would end up getting the final pinfall decision by pinning Kane before the time limit ran out, and would walk out as World Heavyweight Champion without even doing a move in the match. The only bump he took during this match was taking a spear by Batista after getting into the ring, and then the next thing he did, he stayed out of the ring, got the final pinfall decision on Kane, and walked out as World Heavyweight Champion, so... Jericho didn't really have to hurt anybody during all this. But unfortunately, Jericho's time for celebration didn't last long because the next night on Raw, it was announced that he would defend his newly won World Heavyweight Championship at No Mercy against Shawn Michaels in a ladder match, a match concept that both men are highly familiar with. Both men would have a highly acclaimed encounter at the pay-per-view, and Chris Jericho would retain the championship to end the rivalry, a match where he also ended up having one of his teeth chipped due to a ladder catapulting in his face and smashing him thus knocking out one of his teeth that he would show on camera the next night, and his on-screen alliance with Lance Cade would end shortly thereafter because Cade would end up getting released from the company due to personal reasons. Now that the feud was over with Shawn Michaels, Jericho would then transition to a feud with Batista over the World Heavyweight Championship, and Batista would win the world title at, from Chris Jericho at Cyber Sunday with Stone Cold Steve Austin's referee, but would then drop the championship back to Jericho on Raw eight days later in a steel cage match, a match that's most infamously known because because Batista bladed at the end of the match, and there were some heavy fines delivered upon everybody involved in the match with Batista, Jericho, the referee, and one of the backstage producers. I think it was Dean Malenko or somebody else. But that's probably what the match is best remembered for. Now, Jericho's next challenge went up being at Survivor Series, where he was scheduled to defend the World Heavyweight Championship against the returning John Cena, who had been out since SummerSlam because of a herniated disc in his neck from his match with Batista, and they never really elaborated why the world title match is happening, but still happened. And Jericho would end up losing the title to Cena at the pay-per-view, and then would fail to regain the championship in a rematch at Armageddon. But Jericho would get some highly recognition for his accomplishments that year, as he would end up winning the 2008 Superstar of the Year Slammy Award. First time they had been doing the Slammy Awards in about 11 years. And then following this, Jericho would start off 2009 setting his sights on winning the Royal Rumble match, but he hit a pit stop on the journey, because... 
when it was announced that Vince McMahon was returning on screen, Stephanie, who was the on-screen authority figure on there, got interrupted by Jericho. And after insulting her authority and her intelligence and everything, Jericho would end up being removed temporarily from the Royal Rumble match and would be in storyline fired by Stephanie. But then the next week, he would get reinstated to the company and added back to the match after he publicly delivered a half-ass apology to all the fans and everything like that. Like, I apologize to you, Tapeworms, for insulting you and all that shit. So Jericho's back in the Royal Rumble match. He would still fail to win it, as expected. Now, after also failing to win the World Heavyweight Championship the next month in No Way Out in the Elimination Chamber match, Chris Jericho's storyline for WrestleMania would consist of his feud with Ric Flair and other legends within the company, with those names being Superfly Jimmy Snuka, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He was also, Jericho was also having an on-screen rivalry at the same time with actor Mickey Rourke, who had starred in The Wrestler just a few months prior to WrestleMania in December 2008. And there was the whole rumor that they were going to have a match at WrestleMania, but... They had to back out of those plans, but Rourke would still appear at WrestleMania, and instead Jericho would have a three-on-one handicap elimination match and would be victorious against Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper, and Ricky Steamboat, but then after the match, he would get knocked out by Mickey Rourke. Sweet justice there. And also, Jericho would also be victorious, defeating at, uh, defeating Ricky Dragon Steamboat at Backlash the following month, which would be Steamboat's first one-on-one -on -one match since, I think, 1994. Now, just before Backlash, the WWE Draft would end up happening, and Jericho would get drafted over SmackDown, and would immediately embark in a feud with Rey Mysterio over the Intercontinental Championship. After failing to defeat Mysterio Judgment Day, Jericho would start to obsess over Rey always wearing a mask, wanting to unmask him, and expose the truth of who he is and his identity. Both men would end up having a rematch at Extreme Rules under No Holds Bar Rules, and Jericho would get the victory after unmasking Rey Mysterio during a 619 attempt, and would roll up and unmask Rey Mysterio to win the Intercontinental Championship for the now record-setting ninth time. So Jericho had the mask in one hand, Intercontinental Championship in the other, and this feud would finally culminate the next month at The Bash. Title versus mask. If Jericho wins, Ray must unmask forever, or he's losing the Intercontinental Championship to Ray, and Ray would get the victory after tricking Jericho into falling, the, falling for the same tricks that he did the month prior. Ray was doing 619. Jericho unmasked him, but he didn't realize Ray had another mask under him, and Ray would capitalize upon that distraction to win the match and become Intercontinental Champion yet again. But Jericho would also still have yet another laugh that night, because the originally scheduled tag team title match was the Colognes, Carlito and Primo, to defend the tag team championships against Legacy, Cody Rhodes and Teddy DiBiase, but then Jericho and his tag team partner Edge for that evening would be added, making it a triple threat tag team match, and both Jericho and Edge would win the match to become the new Unified Tag Team Champions, which would one of the rare times in WWE history where a wrestler would lose a championship one night and then win another for the end of the evening. Because I know Edge also did so at No Way Out that same year when he lost the WWE Championship in the first chamber match and then won the World Heavyweight later that night. So Jericho also did here with losing the Intercontinental Championship and becoming Tag Team Champions later on. Now, unfortunately, after their tag team title wins, Edge would suffer a career-threatening injury to his Achilles heel at a house show and would be taken out of what was the scheduled tag team match at, against Legacy and Night of Champions. Despite this injury, Jericho would still be tag team champions because he said that there was a kayfabe clause in his contract saying that he could still be champion and choose a tag team partner at a later date. And Jericho's partner would be revealed at Night of Champions to be the Big Show, whom he'd retain the tag team titles with against Legacy, and would be the beginning of the formation of Cherish Show. Both teams would end up, or the tag team would end up retaining their championships against Crime Time and SummerSlam, 
MVP and Mark Henry at breaking point, and Batista and Rey Mysterio at Hell in a Cell. And Jericho would also be captaining Team SmackDown in a victory over Team Raw at bragging rights after Big Show turned on Team Raw. And I think this was the way, because they said Big Show was then going to get a title shot at Survivor Series, but then Jericho would also get the world title shot at Survivor Series against The Undertaker. So, triple threat match, Survivor Series, World Heavyweight title, neither challenger emerged victorious, and the only thing people really remember this match for was Jericho getting in a bit of a verbal spar with the fans saying, go back to Toronto, and came up with the phrase, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. So, yeah, kind of a fun moment there. Unfortunately, Jericho's title reign would end at the TLC pay-per-view when they lost the tag team titles to DX as a result. Afterwards, Jericho would break up because in storyline, Jericho was now banished from being on Raw because the tag team titles, you could appear on both shows, but no longer tag team champions, so he had to go back to SmackDown where his brand was and Big Show would stay on Raw. Jericho would also later on enter the 2010 Royal Rumble match, but he was eliminated by the returning Edge, who would end up winning the match. And then this would kind of be a bit of a catalyst for WrestleMania. Afterwards, Jericho would enter the Elimination Chamber match at the Chamber pay-per-view for the World Heavyweight Championship and would emerge victorious after Shawn Michaels interfered to cost the Undertaker the match. So finally, Jericho won an Elimination Chamber match. And he'd think he'd be happy, but then afterwards, Edge announced that he was using his guaranteed title shot from his Royal Rumble match victory to go to WrestleMania to face Chris Jericho for the World Heavyweight Championship, but Jericho would still win the match and retain the world title. And post-match, he would get speared off the announce table through the barricade where the timekeeper area is. And Jericho's title reign also would not last that long because in the SmackDown after WrestleMania, he would lose the title to Jack Swagger, who successfully cashed in his newly won Money in the Bank briefcase on Jericho. And the feud with Edge would also finally end at Extreme Rules in a steel cage match with Edge winning the match and putting the feud to rest. Now, after this, Jericho would be drafted in the 2010 draft back over to Raw, and would fail to defeat the Hart Dynasty with The Miz at the Over the Limit pay-per-view to try to go for the tag team titles. And Jericho would also lose an impromptu match later on at Fatal 4-Way against Evan Bourne, as well as also failing to win the Money in the Bank contract at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view after this. So Jericho's time in Money in the Bank ladder matches are not really successful, despite coming up with a match concept. Now, after this, Jericho's next program, as he was starting to get ready to leave the pay-per-view, or, sorry, leave the WWE, was in the feud against the Nexus going into SummerSlam, a feud that saw Jericho as well as Edge remain heels despite fighting for Team WWE to go against the Nexus. Jericho would get eliminated during the tag team match at SummerSlam, and himself and Edge would join in on attacking John Cena following their eliminations during the encounter, so still staying heel. It was around this time Jericho was going with storylines saying that if he lost this match or this other match, he would finally leave WWE, but he never followed through with his word. And after this, Jericho and his last pay-per-view match during this time, he would take part in the six-pack challenge elimination match at Night of Champions for the WWE Championship, but he was the first man eliminated within the first two minutes of the match, taking an RKO by Randy Orton. And Jericho was still saying that if he keeps losing matches, he's going to leave and, li and would not go through with his word, up until somebody put a stop to him and made him lift up to his word, that being Randy Orton. Because Chris Jericho's final appearance during this run would be on the September 27, 2010 edition of Raw, which saw Jericho get punted in the head after his match with Randy Orton, and he would get stretched out of the building, and we would not see Jericho again for over a year, as he would leave the company in order to go focus on touring with Fozzie. So, go through this entire nearly three-year run, this was a bit of a big resurgence period for Jericho going as a heel, because, let's face it, it's the beginning of his run... Nothing special. Because, like, yeah, he became Intercontinental Champion for the eighth time. 
But it's like you look at the character, somebody who wanted to come and save the company from, like from a heel, that just feels kind of generic. Like, oh, I want to, I'm going to, you're pretty much saying, I'm going to kick your ass for these fans. Like, just about every baby face can say their mission is to do that. Stop the heel, do it for the fans, save the company, it's whatever. Then he finally turned heel, he changed his character up, but like I said, the one thing I did not like about the character was that his promos were being repetitive. Just saying the just saying the exact same thing about the fans, you're all liars, hypocrites, taperms, all that shit. And like I said, even before I started making videos on YouTube and was trying to learn about, get better educated about wrestling, I was getting tired of the character. I was just, even as a fan, I said to myself, when is this guy going to change his character or at least turn babyface to give us new material? <laughs> I was even thinking that when I was an 18-year-old. But if I had to grade this overall time within the company, I would give it an A-. minus. Better than his first run. Like I said, that repetition with the promos brings down just a little bit. But you look at all the accomplishments he had here. Slammy Award winner for 2008 Superstar of the Year. He also became Slammy Award winner for the Tag Team of the Year 2009. World Heavyweight Champion. Tag Team Champions. Continuing his record with Intercontinental Championship reigns. Reinventing himself with the heel character. It was a fantastic run for him during for just a three-year run there. And this 2010 run from the middle of the year to the end was when he started getting the whole reputation of his whole purpose being there to put other people over. Because like I said, you saw with... Uh, a hard, hard dynasty had over the limit. You saw it with Evan Bourne a fatal four way, and then some of the other stuff with maybe a Nexus and all that stuff. But this was a pretty damn good run for him, like for Jericho. Like I said, just a little bit better than his first run because he was always doing something significant since the very beginning. Like I said, that repetition with the promos once he turned heel, it just kind of got to me, just being feeling stale. But let me know you all thought in the comment section below. What did you think about Chris Jericho's time in WWE from his return in 2007 up until his departure in September 2010? And next time, folks, I'm going to cover all of his time from his return in 2012 up until the last time we saw him on Raw's 25th anniversary in 2018. So that's when he became more of a part-time schedule, like with coming with the company, then going away with Fozzie and just back and forth stuff. So... Hopefully you guys tune in the next time because it's going to cover the last bit of his WWE career. Maybe he'll come back again someday, but you never know. If you enjoyed today's episode, folks, please remember to leave a like, subscribe with the bell, turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.